Songezo Mapepe on SAFM. Dr. Stern, are you back? Uh, is it better now? Indeed so, indeed so. Much better. Please okay. continue. Okay, so so basically what, what I was explaining is that it being a set party payer uh, system, the p- opportunity to commit either fraud, waste, and abuse is due to the fact that you may receive your bill a bit later when you consulted for the services. Uh, and, uh, you know, because of it's not your day-to-day language that is used on planes. So uh, it, it may well be that you are not able to, you know, reconcile uh, the, what you are charged with the services that you received. So that may be an opportunity. And sometimes at the opportunity for fraudulent claims to be submitted, which we are obliged by uh, the act to pay as long as the claim is in line with the Medical Schemes Act. It may not necessarily mean that uh, the claim is for services that we have received, and that is uh, the one type of fraud that can be uh, perpetuated in this in, in, uh, area. Another one is where there can be collusion between the member and the healthcare provider. Yeah, please elaborate on that. Okay, so 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 what I mean by that is that they they are we are aware of the fraudulent activities where a member would, for instance, as an example, go to a healthcare provider and say, look. Uh, we know each other, I've consulted with you, uh, I need money, give me money, and then you will claim for my medical aid. So that would be another type of fraud. Another type of fraud that we have had to deal with is uh, would be, you know, the cashback plans. Mm-hmm. So if you are admitted to a hospital, then you, you are covered by that cashback plan. So even if there was no clinical necessity for you to be uh, uh, admitted to a hospital, hospital, hospital establishment. You collude with the doctor, you get admitted for the minimum days required, they claim from the uh, medical school, and then you get money paid to you as part of the cash plan. And these are just bad examples. Yeah, I'm sure. Not yeah, sure. They're not yeah. exhaustive a list. You know, because you mentioned some critical things. I mean, let's start with language. I'll come back to the last point of supply induced demand. The, the, the language of claims is tied to, I, I think, genuinely so to something which is a problem of and about the medical field. One of just the medical jargon that is rampant in everyday speech of those who are clinically inclined or medically inclined, for, for instance, yourself. As well, because of that, it therefore becomes an information asymmetry between those in the space, in this instance, the medical space, and the user of the insurance, me, a member. That information asymmetry doesn't allow me, because I don't understand, to ask questions, ask relevant questions, and to almost engage in an, a dialogue where it is two parties who enjoy sufficient empowerment insofar as it relates to the information and the language used here, so as to check, so as to serve as an inherent check and balance even. So from a language perspective and, and, and claims and the fact that 
I can almost bet my life, precious as it is, that the majority of people do not even know what I'm talking about when I say ICD-10 codes and PMBs. These are things that people don't know. So they're not going to be engaging those issues. And because they're not going to be engaging those issues, they almost are at the complete mercy of the facility or of the practitioner. No, absolutely. And, I, and, and, and as you do realize from this, I'm using simple language. Correct. You're an exception to, to the rule. I want to ensure that the information that we have, we share it. You've given us an opportunity to share this information about fraud, waste, and abuse. But that is a problem, and you, you, I, I, you will remember that we had not so long ago the health market inquiry. Yes. And one of the things that they, one of the findings in the health market inquiry was that the product health is a bit complex. It's not easy for the buyers of the product to understand the language. And uh, we at Gems, we, we, we've tried as best as possibly to. Uh, communicate in uh, the simplest language, but it is still difficult. As you, can, as you mentioned, you mentioned two uh, 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 terms that are used in the industry: the IC10 code. Uh, it is a requirement that claims are submitted with those codes. So uh, that is a requirement that we can't do anything about because that's how the industry. Uh, you know, the invoicing works. You mentioned PMB, the prescribed minimum benefit, which is something we need to explain. It's not everybody will understand. And these are the things that are also, if I can use the word, they are, they are peculiar to the industry in, in, mm-hmm. in the dealing world. And, uh, but it is important. The point you are making is very important that we must try as best as possible to simplify the language with our members. And we, have, we, have, we will try as best as possible to do that at Gems so that people can be empowered to understand what is it that they are being charged for. But it's not a simple thing. Let, let's talk about the... Okay, the collusion was pretty clear. But let, let's talk about the supplier-induced demand. Um, and I'm just going to use an example which I believe in South Africa is more rampant than the average country, more rampant than the average OECD country. A lot of comparison is often drawn to OECD countries in this country anyway. And I'm going to refer to a lot of what I know from the health market inquiry itself. I was fortunate to be there. For instance, from the perspective of supply-induced demand, doctors have an incentive to have caesarean births from their clients. Why? Because they can plan them and they can make money, as opposed to allowing natural birth. Natural birth, clinically, is proven to be better for mother and child than cesarean because it is fraught with complications. I'm not saying a doctor should never be put in a position to advise a cesarean birth where a cesarean birth is clinically the way to go in that given instance. But it should be used not as the first option, as the last option, certainly between the two, it should be used as the second option. But we find that our research tells us this is disproportionately in use relative to other countries. And that is because there's a financial incentive there. That mother, who is at the complete mercy of the gynecologist, is not going to argue, much less the father, who knows nothing about pregnancy other than to know that his wife is pregnant, hopefully by him. 
How then do we change the practitioner attitude towards what is clinically right versus and over and above the financial incentives that are at play to use healthcare facilities that are not really in demand? More especially as healthcare is in instances where time is of the essence. You want health and you, you, you want access to a healthcare facility now because you're in pain now. You want to avoid, of course, death or pain or some irreparable damage. You are at the mercy of the healthcare facility or the healthcare provider. They're going to throw jargon and language you don't understand. And you're going to end up using, or in, you're going to be induced into a demand that doesn't actually exist. Well, it's not as simple as that, uh, you know. It's not more complicated and than that. It is. It, it is a bit more complicated, and I'm going to explain what I mean by that. So you have indicated uh, a very important uh, uh, finding of of the health market inquiry, the supply induced demand. And you, you've used the example of steel and sections that they are driven largely by the, 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 the doctor who... By the way, if you are a patient, uh, you 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 the, the 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 setup is such that you believe everything that the doctor tells you. Uh, obviously, he's an expert, and uh, at a time when you need healthcare services, in most cases, you we can describe a patient as they're in a vulnerable state because the doctor knows best. But it's not only the doctors who are actually pushing the issue of security. Sometimes it's the patient. Where you find that there are issues you have mentioned are in pain. And there are people who cannot tolerate pain. So if you talk about labor pain, labor pain can last for a period. And somebody may decide, you know, I've been through it. It's not the first step. I don't want to go through this again. And I'm choosing a cesarean section as the preferred part of delivery. And it, it, it is so, it's not the doctor sometimes who decides to go that on. Sometimes it's the demand from the members. So, while the issue of supplier induced demand is the main thing because the doctor takes the decision, but we also respond to uh, the, the, the pressure from the consumer because the consumer has over the years evolved from being the consumer who takes everything from the doctor uh, and agrees to everything that the doctor said. People go to the doctor nowadays having checked Dr. Google, and then they say, I read this about that. <laughs> this, we could have a plant season section, and these are the reasons. And you find that sometimes the doctors agree to that and just try it. And it is true. The rate of season section is fairly high, uh, when, when when it is benchmarked against where the best practices uh, in our instance. But the point I wanted to make is that while it is the doctor who takes the decision, but sometimes it's the influence of the person who is sick. Yeah, uh, I'm not uh, taking away from that, but I mean, if, 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 if this is going to be your most prominent response to that point, what it assumes is that the South African consumer of healthcare services for the purposes of birthing a child is disproportionately putting that pressure 
on the provider of the healthcare than all the countries who are in this study where we can then say South Africa rates fairly highly in the use of caesareans or is relatively higher than your other countries. I mean, that's what ultimately one would deduce from what you're saying. Is that what one should take from that? No, no, no. Is, that's my uh, point. If you say no, then that's my point. The point remains no, no, is that... No, no, no. Sorry, Sangeva. Okay. Sorry, and I, I, can I explain? Sure. What I was basically saying here is that the issue of supply is just demand. It's real, right? But I, did, I needed to put a perspective I'm with of you. there's also the other side of it. And it does lead to unnecessary infection. So I agree with the point you are making about children section rates too high, I needed to put another perspective. Sure. And there is another perspective that the gynecologist will argue the because of obstetricians, because that's the part of obstetrics. Uh, the other thing that has come about, the, I would say recent, I would say something over the past few years, maybe let's say in the past decade or so, mm-hmm. The, 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 the number of uh, uh, litigation against obstetricians has gone very high, and I'm sure we are all away. So a litigation usually with natural beds, when there's a fear, it can lead to sequelae uh, 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 with the babies that are born. But what has happened is that the obstetricians are arguing that it's safer to be because the rate of complications become much lower. And then there was also the argument of if they are going to be delivering a, a mother who is HIV positive, for instance, one of the ways uh, that is the preferred method of this reception. So there are lots of other arguments relating to the issue of high cesarean but it does not take away from what you are saying. Okay. The percentage, the percentage of single infection in the private sector is anything between 60 to 70 percent, whereas the benchmark is supposed to be anywhere around 20 to 80 percent, depending on which area where we, where, where we are talking about. So there is a vast difference between what is said to be an acceptable rate and what is actually happening. So your point is taken this reception as an example of supply-induced demand, but I needed to put the other context. I agree with you. I appreciate that context. Now, we need to reform this, so let's just jump a couple of phases in this conversation because time is against us. If there is policy reform to be promulgated, what is that and what were some of the themes coming through from that symposium? And the role of technology, you know, whenever I have a conversation of this kind, one always sees that technology can be used. Technology is the answer. Technology has certain benefits, whatever. In this instance, how, second question to the first, how can technology then be used to create the outcomes that are desired by policy? How can technology be used to reduce the cost to everybody involved Certainly the member. Final question. Okay. So technology is important, and uh, I'll talk about technology in health in a broad sense. Sorry, can I just say my producer has given me a minute for your response? Can can we work around okay. the 60 seconds? So, so, so technology informs uh, trends, and we all talk about uh, AI 
and the like. So what came out of the fraud, waste, and abuse, uh, and this was uh, somebody from the World Health Organization, was basically saying we need to use technology to come up with trends relating to healthcare outcomes, uh, various things that we do in health. But it must be part of our planning. When we identify uh, certain problems, we must be able to use the technology outcomes uh, to make decisions uh, on you know, systems, health systems into the future. So to summarize it is that technology as it is used in business in general is a very useful tool to help us in planning how we can solve problems in the future. And I'm trying to summarize it without going into specifics. I, I think we'll have to have another conversation soon, Dr. Stent, because GEMS is a major player in healthcare insurance in this country. Many of our public servants are reliant on it, and some of them are actually very vulnerable employees. They often take the lowest um, plan in the name of being on medical aid. So when we try and engage sort of the policy reforms and how technology can be used, and also just to truly engage the people in terms of these are your rights and empower them to be asking the right questions but also motivate them to actually play by the book so that they're not party to, for instance, the conversation we had earlier on on collusion. I, I, I think it does call for you to have a second bite at this cherry, and with your indulgence, we will call you back. Much, much of the light, Sanders. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, Dr. Stan Mulwabi, Principal Officer at GEMS, Government Employees Medical Scheme. 2147.